Welcome back to Return to Oz Minute, the daily podcast where we're analyzing, scrutinizing, celebrating, and fighting in Return to Oz. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. We're joined by Rick and Julia Ingram from the Mad Max Minute. And how are you, Rick and Julia? <laughs> we are fantastic. I am so excited to hang out with you guys for a couple of yes. minutes. I love this yes. movie. This is one of those weird movies from my childhood. And I was so excited for this opportunity. And I have never seen this movie before oh, in my life. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, That's fun. Before we get into this particular minute. So, uh, Julia, how did you find this movie? How did Return to Oz come to your life? <laughs> well, I was a child of the Disney Channel. And... I actually mentioned to my mother today that I was going to be recording with you guys. And she's like, oh, that movie, we used to watch that movie all the time. They played it on the Disney Channel constantly. So, yeah, we used to just plop down in front of the Disney Channel and spend the afternoon watching all sorts of stuff. And that's where I saw I this love movie. It. And I sent a little previously on kind of sum up for you rick so that you weren't completely confused when i sent you these minutes but uh, any first impressions you want to share <laughs> well i was very appreciative of the short summary that you sent me so i could get a little bit of an idea and then as i was watching the minutes i went on to different wikis and whatnot to read up on who exactly i was looking at but I very purposely did not go back and either watch the entire movie or even any of the minutes from the rest of this week. I wanted to, you know, be a little bit more isolated with what I was seeing just to let the minutes speak for themselves. And <laughs> metaphorically speaking, they were quite talkative <laughs> to say it nicely. <laughs> well, I think, Rick, you expressed... A desire to watch the full movie after Good. the record. Yeah. yeah. To actually, like, see what the <laughs> heck is going on. I didn't necessarily want to be tainted by context oh. too much. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing to say, I know, but. I loved it. We spend a lot of our time in the wasteland of the post apocalypse. This so. is a very different setting for you. Guys. I do. Pre- <laughs> is yes, it? It is. it is sort of post apocalyptic mm-hmm. in a way, based on what I read about it, but, you know, definitely yeah. different. Well, uh, let me get into this minute so that you can uh, rush and finally see the whole movie. Today we're going to talk about Minute 46, which starts with Princess Mombi continuing the story of what happened when the Gnome King took the Scarecrow and all the Emeralds back to the mountain and turned everyone else to stone. And after 60 seconds of one of the greatest fight scenes in the history of cinema, it ends with a frozen TikTok and a captured Dorothy. (laughs) oh boy i love any fight that a chicken plays a significant part of (laughs) the um okay before the fight we're gonna talk about the fight oh my goodness um before the fight so she finishes telling the story of what happened it's not a happy story and then she ends with the most backhanded compliment to dorothy of She's not beautiful, but she's pretty enough that Princess Mombi will be happy to lock her away in a tower until her head's ready to be harvested, I guess? That's not the word she uses, but, like, that's what's being implied here. And it's terrifying. Um, yeah, I, I tried to make sure that you knew, like, so, Princess Mombi, heads, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that was one of the things since I hadn't seen this movie since I was a child that's one of the things that has always stuck with me was the heads and there's a scene later on in the movie where all the heads are like reacting Mm -hmm. to things and I can't remember if they're like yelling out or just observing but they're all like awake and animate and it's yeah, really early weird. this minute we got a little bit of them like making eye contact with dorothy and stuff but yeah we'll get the infamous shot it it of panning past all the cabinets as the heads are screaming and just a little bit so our listeners have that to look forward to yeah <laughs> absolutely um, princess mombi is played by the wonderful jean marsh who we talked about when she was playing nurse wilson way back in kansas because um, this is one of those movies where, of course, it's, it's Wizard of Oz. Like, people play multiple roles. And I was curious, uh, Mike, A, how the script is going along with this all. Because after all, you know, we know it's the same person because we're looking at it. But I was just curious kind of what the portrayal is. And then also, uh, you've got to tell me how this fight scene is described. Because, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, so the the script, uh, interestingly, just refers to her as princess for her mombi. Princess! Only... <laughs> I had to yeah, your worship. And it, it's, it's interesting because later on, uh, it changes. But spoiler alert. Uh, later on, well, later on uh, she becomes simply mombi. So... Hmm. So that's kind of a an interesting interesting way to play it, as I guess the you know as the heads are switching. Okay. Like she's always Mombi, but right now she's just princess. Okay, that's right. This isn't. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of head play going on. Mm-hmm. Head mind games. <laughs> oh boy, with the puns. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I. And uh, Rick and Julia, I always give a lot of like backstory of what's happening in a minute just because, as you mentioned, not everyone has seen this movie as recently as a lot of the other ones being covered. So I want to make sure people aren't totally lost in what's happening. Um, so yeah, this is a fight mm-hmm. scene started by a chicken. <laughs> yep. When last we saw Belina, she was waiting in the mirrored uh, like palace room or whatever we were calling that room. But she comes flying in here it's a bold move cotton i don't i'm very willing to see if it pays off but one thing that really stood out to me about gene marsh's portrayal of princess mombi is her eyes because there's this rule of thumb where the more white you can see in someone's eyes the more crazed Mm -hmm. they appear and I mean, she's got her eyes like wide open as she's got Dorothy by the chin there. And yeah, she looks totally cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. I realize I am the worst because that's not Jean Marsh. That's gotta be someone else because it's a different head. But I can't tell who it is because it it should be, my guess is, my guess is that Sophie Ward was Mombi when she was playing her loot or mandolin or whatever we decided it was and that this is maybe fiona victory except <sighs> thanks imdb fiona victory doesn't have a picture so i can't confirm that <laughs> oh that is that is it not is helpful. So unhelpful oh yeah yeah that's definitely I'm, not i'm Jean looking Marsh. at sophie ward and i'm guessing that she played the the 
flute playing one just because she's blonde and looks a little more yeah yeah no she's definitely okay good there's a picture of her in the mommy costume i feel better so it's gotta be fiona but sorry sorry Mar- i oh, promise jean marsh will be fiona here and she will also be fabulous but we got to give credit where it's due because not only i mean she is so scary in this minute it's perfect <laughs> she's just the right amount of threatening but then like her villain laugh at the end of the minute is great too, so. Oh, oh my gosh, that was the best oh. laugh ever. Just ha 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 and, and just oh, sweeping past. Oh. It was fantastic. I loved it. Okay, my favorite part mm-hmm. about the fight. I know that Mombi is the, the antagonist in this scene and we're not supposed to root for her, but she handles this whole thing yeah. like a champ. <laughs> She's got this chicken flying in her face. She never lets go of Dorothy, and she manages to get the chicken by yeah. the legs. She's a boss. Oh. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. But yeah, Dorothy, when Belina comes in, Dorothy cries, Belina! And the pure glee on Faruza Balk's face yes. is great. And so then, yeah, Belina's attacking Mombi's face, and Dorothy's kicking her in the shins. And you're right. I mean, Mombi wins this fight (laughs) yeah absolutely she does not let it get to her Uh, they are making their way out of the headquarters through the bedroom back into the palace room and that's when oh god and you just listen to tiktok crying like he's i'm on my way i will protect you like it's so sweet and heartbreaking because just as he gets there and lifts his lunch pail to wallop princess mombi and save the day he freezes (laughs) this drives me crazy so the movie that we spend a lot of talk a lot of time talking about is Mad Max, which is post-apocalyptic, and we have learned that you take everything that you can get as soon as you can get it. They should have wound him up every chance they got. And sometime between the last altercation when he used up a lot of his action and now they had plenty of time to wind him. Why didn't they wind him up? When they first got the thing. So, Mike, how does this jive? Because we've had a lot of questions about how long it takes TikTok to wind down in various ways. Uh, earlier, we were talking about uh, spider webs, cobwebs. There's a lot There's a lot of decay that's happened in Oz, more so than you would think in six months' time, which it's been, uh, oh, definitely. according to the Kansas timeline. Uh, and while TikTok was waiting for Dorothy to arrive, he did, he talks about how he... Uh, he screamed for help, though I don't know why he did that if the scarecrow locked him away on purpose. That Maybe maybe he wasn't thinking straight. <laughs> uh, yeah, so TikTok, anyway, TikTok runs out, of, runs out of power. He winds down completely while waiting for Dorothy. And, you know, here we see in just a few minutes, uh, you know, he fought the wheelers. Uh, you know, they went on a short walk uh, across, you know, a, a small area because we can see the headless the Headless Dancers, and Mombi's Tower in the same shot. So they're really close. He only walked a few hundred feet, plus the fight. And he ran out. He, he'd already run down. It's like, this makes him. Fault. <laughs> this makes him a very limited limited army. You know, it's like, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know, like the, uh, like the one gun for two guys. Uh, oh, um, the thing. Jude Law movie. Yeah, the Jude Law the movie. The sniper. Um, Enemy at the gates. That's not. Ah, that right. thank you. Oh no, that is. Yeah, I was think I said that and I thought Enemy of the State in my head. <laughs> that but, is yeah, not Enemy that movie. <laughs> like you would need someone going with TikTok 
basically for him to do anything of use at all. But I wonder if it's like Julia said, like if you were constantly winding him, would it... My theory was that if you are consistently winding TikTok, he runs longer. And the reason he runs down so quickly in this case is that he hasn't moved in like who knows how long. Dorothy just does that little wind in the cave and then, you know, he's rusty. I don't know. Oh, she may not have done a full wind either. Because, prop, you know, if, if you've, wi- I mean, when you wind things, like yeah. it gets, it gets harder. And unless you know how, oh. like how tight the gear is going to get, you know, you give it a couple turns and, oh, it's tight. But maybe, you know, maybe it's just, it was a little tight. But if she had kept going, she would have, you know, crank it a little bit more. Now, I think this is where I'm a, a bit of a disadvantage having not seen the prior minutes of this movie because I look at TikTok waddle into this scene and he is gung-ho ready to fight this witch, but I'm looking at him and he looks even more useless in a combat situation than someone like C-3PO. <laughs> like, I, having not seen him up against Aww. the wheelers, I'm not exactly sure what to say, but as people who have seen it, what was your combat assessment it's, of TikTok's abilities? It's, it's glorious. <laughs> um... He basically, so you see how he raises his arm with that lunch pail in it? His fight against the wheelers is that he spins around in a circle really fast that the lunch pail is constantly hitting them in the head with So it's like the opposite of the normal swarm of guys fights the hero one at a time. Here they all charge and he just takes all comers. But yeah, his only fighting move is the top half of his body spins (laughs) and the bottom stays where it is. Lock him in place. <laughs> so he's no iron giant is what you're saying. No. <laughs> but he's, no. he's... Oh, I, I still love him. I, I really feel for him. I absolutely love... It is the most 100% TikTok thing. And it's funny that you mentioned C-3PO because his... As he's, like, explaining what's happened as Mombi drags Dorothy away behind him. <laughs> I just love it so much. I mean, I don't love it, obviously. Like, I wish he had gotten another great action scene and saved the day. But, no, this is... It's so funny. We've talked a couple times about uh, TikTok's speech. Mm-hmm. And what, what one of the nice things in the script is uh, when he says, My action has run down. It's my, and then ack, space, shun, has run down. Oh, so and they kind of, like, wrote it. It's hy- Yeah, it's hyphenated. I suppose my fight with the wheelers may be run down faster than usual. Oh, if he runs down completely, does he lose the ability to speak? So he has three different um, keys that like wind up in his back. One controls his action, one controls speech, and one controls thought. So those are three different processes that can work independently of each other or can all be running at the same time. Okay, because the main thing I was thinking as I was thinking about this is if his action runs out, he's probably still got thought and speech running. And then if speech runs out, then he's just, uh, what's that old movie about World War One? Johnny Get Your Gun, where he's just a consciousness mm. trapped inside of a metal mm-hmm. body and he can't scream and he can't <sighs> move. That sounds awful. Yeah. That sounds like the worst yeah. type of just purgatory ever. Okay, I just realized something. TikTok is the Cowardly Lion, the Tin Man, and the Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz 
like embodied into one. Ooh, I like that. His his three his three keys were um, thought, which was the yeah. scarecrow wanted a brain. Was is movement? The Tin Man was frozen mm-hmm. in place, and speech. what was the third one? Thought, speech. action, and speech. Thought, action, and speech. It might be that I think it's action was courage and speech. Yeah, action was, is courage and speech was a heart. Was heart. Yeah. So he's got all three of those aspects that have to be kept going, that have to be kept up. Okay. That's really good. I've never thought I of that before. That's could awesome. Speech be like I still think he's less uh, I still think he's less useful than C3PO <laughs> because at least C3PO is fluent in over 6 million forms of communication. You know, <laughs> I'm reading Bloodline and it's giving me a little bit more of an appreciation for C3PO. He's holding his own. <laughs> um I, I think I'm very yeah, biased I, in that I've loved TikTok from a young age, and he's just... I am very excited to go back and watch TikTok, and I guess his, you know, death sprinkler <laughs> yeah. fighting tactic. That's, that that's an apt description. Although it's a kid's movie, so I don't yep. think we're supposed to assume they die. They, they scatter pretty quickly once they realize he's actually going to fight back. But yeah, that's... The, the like frozen the oh no <laughs> oh man i mean and again it's like you said we're not supposed to be rooting for mombi this is awful but i can't help giggling every time we bring it up i'm really sorry i'm not being very dignified this minute <laughs> well mombi gets off the best the best line during the fight uh, she says to to belina i'll have you fried for breakfast it's like I mean, she just says she's going to eat one of the people who's attacking her. <laughs> Mombi does not mess around. And it's a reference actually back uh, to the... When we look inside the lunch pail, uh, Dorothy eats a, a lunch pail earlier, and she finds a ham sandwich inside. And Belina uh, is glad that it wasn't fried chicken. So it's kind of a, you know, Chekhov's fried chicken here. We, we hear fried chicken, and then... We get a threat. Maybe Belina's gonna be eaten. Didn't um, didn't Auntie M threaten to eat her back in Kansas too? Yes. Or, or at some point had made that threat, and Dorothy relayed it. I could swear I don't remember if it was fried chicken specifically, but this is like the third time Belina has faced chicken mortality or something. Well, I imagine that's the life of a chicken. There. Always wondering when it's the end, and you're gonna be oh. fried. Also, no. okay. I might be I might be betraying the quality of movies that I watch, but I do have to ask: Do the chickens have large talons? <laughs> like are they, are, you, is Belina like? Um, is she like that combat effective, or is is this really the extent of all she can I do? I mean, <laughs> if we if they wanted to get a little grosser, Belina could have taken her out a little more, but um, <laughs> she's doing very well for us. Because I mean. <laughs> Because you learn yeah. from Napoleon Dynamite that if the hens are acting up, you just give them a good shake and they settle down for you. Which is exactly what Mommy ah. does. She gives Melina a good shake and they settle right down. Maybe they were watching this movie and like tucked that away in their memory. Someday when they wrote their own <laughs> yeah. movie, they would use that. Oh, man. Poor Belina puppets. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, yep. Page five of the script. Uh, well, we're still in Kansas. Dorothy said, after... After checking the coop, Dorothy says, Belina, if you don't start laying again, Aunt M said she's going to stew you up for supper. So in Multiple Kansas, kinds of- stew. In Oz, 
She's going to be fried. It's still not good either way. I'm confused. Well, no, no. I was going to say, who has fried chicken for breakfast? And I'm like, chicken and waffles. So, um, yeah. yeah. Chicken and waffles are delicious. Oh. I mean. Poor Belina. And if, it's, <laughs> if there's fried chicken and it's breakfast time, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Uh, just looking over my notes to make sure I haven't missed anything. Uh, I was like, we did not mention Dorothy's amazing comeback to Mombi's assertion of what she's going to do. You are getting some good Dorothy. So I've mentioned before, like, Feruza Bulk is great. Dorothy does not mess around. For someone who's been through a lot, she is still holding her own. And yeah, would you like to tell the listeners what I totally should have included and forgot to say? <laughs> so, Mombi basically says that she's going to lock Dorothy in the tower until she pretty much grows into her face, and then she's going to lop her head off at her to the collection. And Dorothy fires back with, I believe you will not. And with such cu- sharp comebacks as that, you can barely tell that the original stories were written over 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's just so modern. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this is how all the kids are talking, right? Oh, she is great. <laughs> I have to question Mombi's plan of putting Dorothy in a tower until she grows into her face and can harvest her head. Mombi wants, you know, beautiful or pretty, in a certain sort of way, faces. If she locks Dorothy in a tower... That is not the best environment for Dorothy's face to keep to, looking nice. Not unless she locks her in a room with moisturizer. Yeah. Right. Like, Dorothy needs to have proper nutrition. She needs to have hydration to keep her face looking nice. She needs to have physical activity. She needs to stay out of the sun, <laughs> which that won't be a problem. Locked in the tower. Hmm. But, yeah... A mommy's her plan's not good. Well, I was just questioning. I didn't even think of that, that she could, you know, Dorothy's face could suffer or her head could suffer from this but i was thinking more this when we walked into this castle it was dusty it was deserted the only person we have seen so far is mombi herself she's gonna take care of dorothy for years like what was her plan wheeler butlers it take them so long <laughs> Oh, that would not be pleasant to watch. I don't. I don't want to see that. Wheeler's trying to go upstairs. Oh, I'm assuming because I debated this before that down. they have to like do the sideways thing and just very mm-hmm. just oh. like inch, you know, step by step, sideways up the way so that their wheels don't move. Yeah, it, it would not be great. Yeah, this castle does not look very ADA compliant. No. No. Oh. I mean, it's great set dressing, and, and but also yeah, no, not so much. Yeah. And also, I'm not really sure what Mombi's motivations are for taking the heads. Is it just for looks? Or is it for, you know, the mind that's also in the head, for the personality and the intellect? Yeah, that's a good question. What happens to the personality, mind, and intellect of the person whose head she steals? I think it stays in there because the personality that she presented when she was sitting on the couch playing the little instrument was like kind of waifish and delicate. Mm-hmm. Then she goes and switches heads. This was in this was in the homework. <laughs> yeah. So she goes and switches heads to the brunette who is more assertive and self-assured yeah. and a little violent. Okay. And capable. So 
yep, yep. yep. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The the personality does stay with the head. I think I, at least I, I read the graphic novel version of Ozma of Oz where they show Princess Mombi in all her glory. Um, that is very blatantly an extremely vain character. Every panel portraying her, the whole point is that she cares only about being the most beautiful, having the most beautiful heads. Um, she does change them depending on what mood she's in, but it's mostly just like what will look the most appropriate. Um, so I'm not sure how much of it is she chooses the heads just based on their beauty, but yes, they do come with at least some of the personality. Yeah, I can get on board with the whole idea that Princess Mombi's like essence is stored like in her heart or something like that, and that's why she can exchange heads and whatnot. But as far as stealing Dorothy's head after years of imprisonment, that's she better hope thinking. there's a lot of Stockholm syndrome yeah. going on because I feel like if Dorothy is still there somewhere in that head, the minute she plops it off. If Dor- I, I imagine that Dorothy would turn into the type of person that would be really vengeful after being contained for X amount of years. That she would try and take oh over God. Mombi's body in some sort of mental turf war. Unless Mombi was successful in like brainwashing Dorothy and getting her to like her over the time that they spend together as captor and captive. There is an amazing yeah. sci-fi story here. <laughs> Of Dorothy finally taking her revenge once her head is cut off. <laughs> wow. I I would read oh, that. Oh, yeah. Mm. That does sound amazing. Although, you would hope, for Mombi's sake, I don't think as a viewer we should be necessarily on Mombi's side, but imagine the Beauty and the Beast style story that happens during those years of activity. <laughs> where Mombi's like, you should come down to dinner. And Dorothy's like, no. And then he's like, then you, then Mombi will be like, then you can stay in there and starve. And then I, I guess you'd need some servants. One of the wheelers would be like, oh, you should be nicer. And you should, you know, invite her to a ball. And then they could have this, this cool dance number and the <laughs> snowball fight. <laughs> you know. Aww. And then at one point, Mombi will let her go, but but Dorothy will feel bad about leaving her behind, so she'll come back. And then at the end, Mombi just cuts her head off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the tale is old as time. Oh, man. I'm going to tweak one little addition, and it's Disney, so it still fits, of the first time when she says no, what she should say is that she's disinclined to acquiesce to her request. Because I feel like this Dorothy would do it. <laughs> Yeah, I believe I will not. And and actually, that there's a there's a lot of merit to that uh, that alternate storyline because, uh, well, well, there is you're you're right. There is some essence of mommy that seems to to pass over. She did have uh, before before the minutes were in. Now, when she swapped heads, she did have to ask her who Dorothy who she was again. And Dorothy had to explain she was Dorothy Gale from Kansas, where the lute or the mandolin playing mommy already knew. So, if the heads have, uh, the heads do have slightly different personalities. If Mombi was wearing one of the friendlier heads, say, it's possible that she and Dorothy do get buddy buddy, but they then they she switches to a different head and they don't get along, you know. So it's but when she's wearing this other head, they you know maybe she wears it for years and then then Dorothy leaves, 
but comes back, and now Mombi has switched heads. So and doesn't oh, remember and she any doesn't of remember it. Yeah. Anything. Oh. <gasps> oh. But then, like maybe she would like switch off of the mean head, and then like Dorothy would con- convince the other head to get rid of the mean yeah. head. Oh, and, like, like not like lop her like head crying off. through like, her tears. Like there's a lot like, of please, interpersonal please. politics here. <laughs> <laughs> Just try that head on again. I promise. <laughs> the One story th- would make a great graphic novel. Yeah. Oh man. Going back real quick to that line that Dorothy says, she says, I believe you will mm-hmm. not. I think that sh- does a lot to show Dorothy's inherent faith in people, that people are not necessarily evil, because the statement, I believe you will not, is basically saying to Mombi that you are threatening me, but I am of the disposition that I believe that you will not do that to me, that, I, that there is good in you despite what these things that you are saying. Oh, you did not grow up with sisters. Because no, <laughs> doesn't Mombi say, I believe I will put you up in my tower until yep. you grow into your head? Yep. And so this is She's the She's retorting in kind. Oh. Yep. Although, to be fair, Dorothy does have a very optimistic outlook on the world. I say she's too trusting uh, in many situations, although... It, Sometimes it works out. She trusted TikTok. That all worked out well. Sometimes. Sort of. Not so much. Well, he he wants to help her. He hasn't turned against her. Uh, but yes. yeah, she... He has a good heart. She just, like, walks around with these strangers. And I guess she has a very developed sense of that she can get through anything after Oz. But even so... Yeah, the the adventure that she's already been through with the Wicked Witch and all of that stuff from the original story has given her a lot of confidence. I think murdering someone will do that to you. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think it will damage you psychologically. I mean, accidents are not. I mean, she straight up murked that witch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe the witches are taking their revenge. I believe they will not. (laughs) Now, have you guys drawn a parallel between um, Dorothy in this story and I think the character's name is Nancy in The Craft, where <laughs> in this movie it's the, it's, um, what's the actress's name? Faruza yeah. Balk. Yep. Where in this movie she's young and then in The Craft she's like a teenager. Like you could almost say that there's a bit of like a through line where maybe something happened where that no. character maybe... Nancy in the craft is actually Feruza Balk with the grown-up head on Mombi's body, and Mombi somehow dimension hopped onto Earth, and now oh, she's a that witch. That I could see. That I could see because the thing is, Nancy at heart. I've never seen the craft either. Is... <laughs> oh God, that makes it so much better. Nancy at heart is a is a cynic. She assumes the worst of people and tries to twist that to her advantage to take advantage of. Like, okay, well, if you're gonna do the worst, then I know what to do to like protect myself from you dorothy is like the opposite but you're right maybe after you know years locked away in a tower and her whole uh beauty and the beast situation who knows what she's like at the end of that just don't ask me how it all fits in with Waterboy. that's kind of a an outlier that's like the third movie that i know she's in from her imdb list so you know i don't know how to tie that into the 
the craft the fairies of a pretty unified dark universe. note maybe she decided to turn her life around i don't remember her in the water boy very much she a cheerleader. She's Adam the girlfriend. girlfriend. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so she decides to find herself a nice boy. Okay. And settle down and be happy. Th- there you go. <laughs> the end. Yeah. She's learned her lesson. Then she time travels to the seventies and is almost and almost famous for me. There you yes. go. <laughs> That's the other one. She leads an adventurous life. I have to admit, and I know they're total. I know they're totally different movies, and I know different things are different ones. I only saw The Waterboy a couple times, but I feel like, again, it was on TV all the time. I've seen The Replacement seven million times, and for some reason, The Waterboy and The Replacements are just smushed in my head into one movie. <laughs> so it's very hard to remember Fruz of even though you guys are definitely not the first people to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to avoid. That's a, that's a, that's a mark <laughs> on someone's imdb list if they appear in an adam sandler movie yeah they're gonna hear about it oh boy um all right well then i'm definitely out of notes at this minute since i'm now thinking about uh adam sandler movies instead (laughs) um did we miss anything that you guys want to talk about or mike did i skip over anything no i think that's i think we i think we hit everything uh, okay. yeah. yeah, we definitely hit everything on my notes. All right. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Rick and Julia, I know you've mentioned you guys are from Mad Max Minute. Why don't you tell people if they want to check it out where they can find all that stuff? <laughs> so you can find the Mad Max Minute primarily on our website, which is www.madmaxminute.com. We are also on Facebook. We have a kind of front page which is just Mad Max Minute, but then our listeners page is Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. We're on Twitter. We have an Instagram account that we don't use. <laughs> and We do? Yeah, <laughs> I, I locked that Learn down. I wasn't going to pass it up. <laughs> yeah. But people can check us out there. We've got the an entire season of backlog that people can listen to where we cover the 1979 Mad Max movie. We've got a bunch of hiatus material. We just dropped an episode about Happy Feet yesterday. So if you love penguins, go check that one out and then transition back into George Miller's better movies. I was very oh. curious to see what the connection was between Mad Max and Happy Feet. Yeah, yeah. George Miller directed both of them. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> No. <laughs> very, very different movies. Wow. I mean, I guess, you know, time passed between them. People can be in different places in their lives, as we just proved with Fruzabal. So, yes. Oh, man. Um, we also, for Return to Oz, have a Facebook front page and listener society. Ours is uh, Return to Oz, the listener's flying sofa. We're getting closer and closer to actually covering the minutes that explain where that came from in this movie. <laughs> um, we're on Twitter at Oz Minute. We don't have Instagram, at least as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? You never know. Um, but we also are at the website returntoozminute.com. Or weogtiogpiog.com. And we... Someone bought... The- Someone bought that domain and is very proud of it. <laughs> and, and we may have an Instagram page that we also don't we use. Do? Oh my god. I kind of want to start a thing 
now with all the like minutes following each other's Instagram pages, even though no one ever posts anything there. Yeah. <laughs> that that would be awesome. You know, I should well I I wonder about the legality of posting panels from the graphic novel, so maybe I'll keep that on the listener society, because at least that's behind a wall of are you a real person? Okay, come talk. Um as opposed yes. to throwing it up on Instagram, which is a little bit uh more out there for Disney to find and shut me down. <laughs> so we are Oz Minute uh, on Instagram. Yeah, so just draw mustaches on everybody and yeah. they won't tell the difference. There we go. <laughs> now it's art. <laughs> um, and speaking of Weog, Tiog, Piog, those are the three magic words that appear that we close out every episode with. So Mike and I will start us off, one of us saying Weog, the other saying Tiog, and then we will all together say piog or at least we will try piog. yeah <laughs> okay um mike do you have a preference today weog tiog piog piog, piog. piog.